welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We're going to bring you theatre news, theatre reviews, and theatre-themed booze. And in this episode, your hosts are Oscar, Madeline, and Alice. Madeline, you haven't been on the podcast for a while. We're, we're celebrating your return. <gasps> yes. Launching yes. straight back in with a cocktail this time. Thank also, you so because much. I haven't been to see any shows for this episode to review, so I don't really have a kind of themed cocktail to do. So I just thought we'd do a celebratory cocktail, and this is a champagne cocktail. Put a tiny bit of brown sugar in the bottom of your champagne glass. Add some bitters. I've used grapefruit, but you could use orange. A squeeze of citrus juice. I've done lemon. You could do orange. You could do whatever you want. And then top it up with champagne, and you've got yourself a champagne cocktail. And do you know what? Some, you know it's like champagne can make you feel a bit like... It's a bit like it's a bit dry. 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 This is delish. It's, it's really nice because of the sugar. Yeah, that's what sugar. it is. Yum. And Set also, it's got a really nice colour, Osk. Maybe that's the lemon as well. Mm. We'll put a picture up on the Instagram as always. Cool. Is it my beautiful gold glasses? They are beautiful. These are lovely glasses. Very well. It's award season. Let's just quickly Absolutely. chat about that. I'm sure we've got the Oscars coming up this weekend, mm-hmm. and we've just had the Baftas. What films that are nominated have you guys seen? Because I don't think that I've seen. That many of this year's nominees, other than 1917, which I saw recently, the Sam Mendes War. I haven't seen it, and I should. I know I should. Is it that film that they've done in whole one take? Well, it's supposed to look like one take. Sorry, it's supposed to look like. Yeah, so it's continuous shots. Um, it is really good. I kind of actually thought, though, it hit a point of diminishing returns with that one shot thing, and I kind of thought, let's just. I'm happy to just do long shots. I don't need them all to look continuous to me I'm just like and we're going behind another tree so you can do a cut point I get it yeah I'd be just as happy as if you did a cut and then do another eight minute take because that's still very impressive guys Mm. I just you know like Alfred Hitchcock's rope yeah done in those long takes that I don't need them covered but anyway it's still a really good film did you cry uh sort of you know a little a little bit of welling up I think what in terms of war films, so I saw Jojo Rabbit last week. Oh, yeah, that's also up for. I loved it. Did you? I loved it. It's so. I th- I think that people should see it because it's just it's very much. If you're sort of I don't know if you're maybe thirteen and you're at school and history's a bit like it's so boring. See this because it really contextualizes a lot of stuff, and it's quite an interesting take. And if you were in Germany at that time and you were a bit like I don't really agree with these Nazis, I feel like we haven't heard those people's viewpoints very much and this film sort of relays that and it's it's really beautiful but it's simply done and I think for teenagers I think it's a terrific thing for parents to take sort of teenage kids to oh, really? yeah apps oh. uh, really really t- definitely Oscar and I are kind of debating and I should just actually google it but my attempt at saying his name Takey Waititi I think it's Taketi Waititi I don't know, to be honest, I can never pronounce it. Number one, I'm in love with him, Marry Me. Mm, He's already married. Hunt for the Wilder People, was it called? That film was so good. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, We were talking, I love Thor Ragnarok. You weren't so crazy. But I just think he is just now, for me, my one to watch. I'm like, what are you doing next? And interestingly, I was reading, because this was something that I'd sort of tiptoed around trying to see what the hell was going on with this. And this was about four years ago. They are going to be making a stop motion animation film on the life of Bubbles the Chimp, as in Michael Michael Jackson's Bubbles. No, they're not. Yes. So, Taika Waititi, am I already saying his name different to how I originally said it? Jesus, I'm so ignorant. 
um, he was attached to it and was talking about it and then he became too busy and then had yeah. to say, actually, I'll put that to one side. But also with the whole, like, Finding Neverland thing, what are they going to, whatever that film documentary is called... Return to Neverland, Escape from Neverland. Finding Neverland. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't. Finding Neverland is the actual film. With um, with Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp. What was this one? Leaving Neverland. Leaving Leaving Neverland. Neverland. Oh, God, that was a hard watch. I wonder if they're going to factor that in. Like, what did Bubbles see? After watching Leaving Neverland, never has Bubbles' perspective been more relevant, quite frankly. (laughs) What did he see? What did you see? You missed something that day. (laughs) Purple Bubbles. Anyway. Any, any, I can't think of any other awardsy so films other I've seen. Things. Oh, have you watched The Irishman on Netflix yet? Yes, hello. I've been I watching it for about it. two weeks. I'm what, now. Installments? Oh, 100, hun. So it's like, it's, but that's the point about it. Is what it, is it? It's, so it's Irishman, it's the new Mark's Martin Scorsese Scorsese film. It's three and a half hours long, hun. Al, you can barely sit still for half an hour. I know, I wouldn't be able to cope. Well, the whole thing about this awards season, though, is that all the Best Director nominations have been all men, and nearly all white men, obviously, apart from the director of Parasite, which I also really want to see, who's <gasps> Korean. Yes. But Rebel Wilson, you should look on YouTube, if you haven't seen it already, did a funny speech at the BAFTAs, and she sort of, you know, listed all the Best Directors and said, you know, I just couldn't do what you guys do, you're amazing, I just couldn't do it. I just don't have the balls. Yeah. And then they like did a shot of all the different directors and Sam Mendes was sort of chuckling. Quentin Tarantino didn't look. Mm. He was kind of like... Mm. I thought Bradley Cooper gave good face at that. He was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, he's very right I got on it. there, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. But I mean, come on. Where the hell is Greta Gerwig's Best Director nomination? Because she directed the crap out of Little Women. Yeah. And I, I loved love Little her. Women. Also worth she should have been nominated. Good point. Lady Bird, if you haven't seen it, it's just come on Netflix as well. Oh, if, I'm yeah, saving yeah. that to watch. because I've really, not seen it yet? Mum loved so it. Good, it's so good. Huh? It's terrific. Anyway, I thought Little Women was amazing. And I think Little Women should win all the awards at the Oscars because I'm not that fast I still haven't else. seen it I'm kind of waiting because really I'm feeling good. a wee bit emotional right now and I feel like I oh, maybe need to be like scooped out of my seat I mean yeah. Hunt Little Women favourite book when I was growing up you oh, know yeah. like this is it's fantastic do you know what Love else Oscar and I have watched um, I've now seen it three times Booksmart Oh, hun, I just watched it fairly recently. Loved. I've watched loved, it three times loved. in the space of a month. I love it that much. I mean, that should have won Oscars last Do you know year. that that girl, that the main girl, she is Jonah, Jonah Hill's sister. <laughs> which, when I realised that, I was like, I love her even more because I would die to spend some time with Jonah Hill. She's also a musical theatre actress and she was in the Broadway production of Hello, Dolly! with uh, Bette Midler, which is coming to London. So we've circled it back round to theatre. Back Theatre Club podcast. There we so, go. Let's do a top tip, Al, for a theatre show that people should be booking to see. So, Madeline, do you remember, cast your mind back, we went to see a musical slash gig slash theatre experience called Poet Into Corner. At 100, it was amazing. At the Royal Court. Yeah. It's written um, by a poet, performer, she's super cool, she's called Debris Stevenson, and it's based on Dizzy Rascal's amazing album from, like, is it 2003, I want to say? Yeah, early Boy in Boy yeah. in the Corner. Um, it's so good, and I'm so excited that it's coming back. And it's oh, it's on, coming back! Yeah, it's at the Royal Court until February the 22nd. Then it's going on tour, and it's going to Hackney Empire, which we're all very excited about. <gasps> yeah, it's East London Honeys, and yeah. um, which is where um, Debris was raised... So it's so kind of that's why I think I'd love to, to see it in Hackney. Yeah, because oh, I was going to go see it at the Royal Court because you guys, when you saw it, told me 
to definitely go and I missed it last time so yeah. I was going to go I'll go to Hackney go and see it at Hackney and the pricing of the tickets is so reasonable they sort of range from £30 down to £19 wow and that's for like front row stools or front row of the dress circle oh that's good really yeah, reasonable I was about to say Royal Court is always my preference because it's so affordable they do £14 mm. tickets and up but and they do Hackney like £12 well. yeah. Royal Court do £12 seats on a Monday oh wow yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to see this because I remember you guys oh. just saying how great it just was just loved it it was like, it was just one of these sort of things where I think we, cause I loved Dizzy Rass, I love that album. And then sort of kind of going in a bit like, this is going to be awkward cause it's going to be a bit like rubbish Grime and a bit theater. sort of like, like, yeah, we're sort of trying to tell you about sort of black youth culture and it's yeah. all that kind of patronizing bullshit. And I was a bit worried about it. And then we saw it and we, and that girl, so she writes and performs. So she's yeah, so the she's main in it. person in it. And she is sensational. And you just, you were like willing her. You you couldn't believe that she'd sort of come out with these ideas and was articulating them so well. And it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of way where you think, oh, it's someone older telling you about the youth culture. It's, it felt so fresh. And it's even the way that like, the way people are dressed, it's everyone's in Adidas. There's a DJ, yeah. there's a DJ that comes on for like, like moments in oh, when they're yeah. in clubs the choreography we were dancing in our seats yeah it's it's so good I really want to go it's it's really down and dirty and like about her upbringing and what this music meant to her and about all the stuff that she's gone through with her parents because they're very religious it's so good so you've got until the 22nd of February to sit at the Royal Court then it's coming to Hackney Empire on the 31st of March till the 4th of April Poet in the Corner book 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 it now shall I get on with a review Yes, because this was something that I was going to come to and couldn't. So I'm sort of extra keen to hear what you thought of it. So I went to see Mary Poppins and I tried to do the online lottery and failed. And Oscar tried and got the tickets for me. They were £25. I went on a Wednesday night. The performance started at seven o'clock, which I seven love. o'clock because it's a family sort of. So oh, of course, do... Wednesdays are their different ones. Yeah, yeah. So they do a yeah. Wednesday at seven, <clears throat> which is quite cool. Oh, cool I loved idea. It. Yeah, but can you imagine if I hadn't checked that? Oh my god! Turned how how many people must? Do you mean? Can you imagine if I hadn't sent you the email confirmation booking just to remind you, Oscar? Okay, I would like to know. I would love to go into that theatre and see how many people because Matilda do that as well. I've just remembered. Yes, yeah, how, how many, many people, people rock turn up? At up? 20 past? Maybe that's it. That's why late comers come in at like half in, and you just think, yeah. "What a shame! You've missed the bloody point and the bloody thing." Well, actually, well, there weren't that many. Like, it was a completely full auditorium. I sat on the end of row E in the stalls. So that's four rows back from the front. That's incredible. Incredible. And I looked quid. for twenty five pounds, and I looked online, and I thought, "I wonder what the seats next to me were." And interestingly, the seats that we got in the lottery, you can buy. And they are £77. Jeez yeah, Louise. it's a great... Worst thing, so double-checking the lottery that you joined, then what are we talking today? Tix lottery or... No, no this is okay. on their website. Yep. So we'll start by saying that. So I went onto the website on a Tuesday at 12 o'clock, or the, you get there before 12, and at, I think at 11.45am, you join the online queue, and they're like, you're in the queue, and then it counts you down, and then at midday, you're suddenly in the online lottery queue. Now, I sat and waited for like... 20 to 25 minutes while it was just buffering, buffering, you know, other people were obviously mm-hmm. in there getting their tickets and then 20 minutes in or something, I got sent through. They have the dates for the following week's performance. So this was a Tuesday I was doing it. It had the following Monday to Saturday. Right. I basically just frantically clicked on, you just have to click on days and see if there's tickets. I kind of clicked on the Wednesday. They had two tickets. I knew Alice could do a Wednesday. So yeah. I just grabbed them. 25 right. quid. Got you. Yeah. And that's it. So... 
the seats were perfect. I was oh, really? so happy. And I, you know, you look further, I love looking at what other, like further along the aisle, how much are they? They are going up to £97.50 further along that aisle. You want to sit centre of the stalls, £127.50. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of money. I think it's disgusting. I think it's outrageous. Imagine mm, if we're taking our kids to see this. And what I will yeah. say about it is, it definitely is one for kids. It's it's a family show. It almost is the sort of thing that is almost better seeing it with a kid, because you kind of enjoy mm. it through their eyes more. Yes, and there's a lot of children in the audience. Yeah. yeah. It's at the Prince Edward Theatre, which is in Soho, where Aladdin was. And it was really... I love the I love the musical, the old film, and I love the new one, but I didn't love the stage show as much as I thought I would, and maybe that's because I love the film so much. Yes. I love the Englishness of it, I love the quaintness of it. I loved in the original musical with Julie Andrews the tricks that they did. Do you remember like with yeah. for example when they're in the nursery with all the mm. building blocks and mm-hmm. the tricks in this I didn't think were that great. And I know you're a big I fan love of the a trick. trick. Little things like, you know how when she gets things out of her bag, bag, it was like they brought a plant out and you could see (sighs) that the plant was made of foam. They had a teapot that poured tea. It wasn't that. Nothing was kind of like, oh my goodness, how did they do that? I wasn't Mm. that impressed with the tricks, but I think that's because they're aimed at kids. Right. Yeah. And then... So it's a bit panto. Yeah. And it was... It was... It was just a bit panto, even in the performances. The performances were very, very broad. So the children, Jane and Michael Banks, come out, and it's one of my favourite songs in the musical, when they write their letter for a nanny that they're looking for. And it's, you must be sweet, you must be pretty, very, you know. Yeah. And it's quite sweet, that song. They come down in their little... The way that they portrayed it in the the stage show, they were sort of very like, you must be sweet. It was very... Ooh. I will say, having not seen it, that knowing slightly about this production and what they were going for, they didn't want to kind of recreate the film. They were going for more a recreation of the book. And I think mm. that in the book, they were slightly precocious and somewhat unruly children who needed Mary Poppins, who was a very stern and sort of quite strict nanny, to... You know, whereas in the film, maybe they were sweeter children to begin with, so the audience would warm to them. Whereas maybe they were going more for that angle of the book of Mary Poppins has to be brought in to sort out these children that are perhaps maybe a bit That's unlikable. probably exactly what they've gone for. The children were so unlikable. They were saying things like, I hate you. They were pulling yeah, their toys apart. They were really unlikable and they never really redeemed themselves. They had a, they had a brief moment, you know, obviously at the end when they go fly the kite or they, right. they realise that father's you know father needs help too there wasn't really enough of okay. that so do you feel that the reason that they did that was because in the stage show that you've seen is that they want Mary Poppins to be liked and loved from the get go and it's kind of yeah to the detriment of everyone around her it's and more like she's the main thing she's the main thing and Zizi Strallen is fantastic she looks the part she's absolutely her makeup is perfection her costume is gorgeous her movement, she's like a swan. She's just, when she enters the stage, you just sort of feel the presence of her. She's so starched. What do we know about her then? So she's, um, she's Dynasty. So she is, Bonnie Langford is their auntie. Is that Oh right, my God. Her? It's something oh, like that. I'm Bonnie pretty Langford sure they're related auntie. to Bonnie Langford. And yeah. so then there's the sisters and there's Zizi Strallen, Summer Strallen. And Scarlett And Scarlett Strallen. And they've all been in loads of West End shows. And her voice is like a lark. Mm. You know, she's just beautiful to watch. And just did it justice and go to watch her and then Charlie Stemp I also love he was in um, Half Half a Sixpence he's really boyish beautiful 
So which one's he playing? He plays Bert. Right, okay. He's a great dancer. And Oscar, M- Matthew Bourne's... Um... Cor- yeah, he did yeah. the choreography. Oh, That's really? kind of mostly why I want to see it. Just wow. Because... And is the choreography the chore- Matthew Bourne-esque? Yeah, the choreography is excellent. Um, the, the the number I was looking forward to the most is when the chimney sweeps come out and they do the big... Um, what's that one? Step, Step in time. time. Oh, right, okay. And that's so cool because Charlie Stemp does a tap and he at mm. one stage sort of does this thing where he's going over the proscenium arch which is a great oh, wow. trick that was amazing and there were all the um, other chimney sweeps come out in these sort of pearly suits oh yes yeah pearly, que- pearly yeah, queens pearly like, queens that was queens. that was really great um, those the, the sort of the design of it was amazing and Bob Crowley's done the design and um, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. It's one of the big numbers that when they it turns into technique, you know, yeah, in the film, the film when they film, jump yeah. into the cartoon, and that is so reminiscent of Alice in Wonderland, the Royal Ballet's version, when all the um, the flower scene when everything turns oh, into yes. flowers. It was very much like that. The colours, the costumes, everyone comes out with umbrellas that look like big daffodils. Oh. That was really nice and very. You could see it was Bob Crowley all over it, mm. and that was really nice. But it's just the script for me was just so basic and overplayed and pantomime because oh, I was kind of from what I'd heard of it that they were trying to go a bit more towards the book and almost maybe a bit darker than the original film I thought that's what they'd be going for and I've, I've listened to the soundtrack so I've heard the new songs by Styles and Drew who also did additional songs in Half Sixpence um, it's and Styles I, and Drew I, the songs that they did are really good Anything Can Happen If You Let It Styles and Drew did didn't they that's yeah. one of the new ones and that is so good yeah I like I like their songs a lot but yeah it's, um, I'm definitely still going to go and see it would you obviously you wouldn't say don't go and see it I would say don't go and see it oh really what to Oscar yep Oh wow, Oscar! It's just not good enough, darling. Oh really? Okay, there's a whole I'm scene in the kitchen. There's a whole scene in the kitchen, and it's literally someone gets their foot stuck in a in a in a bucket. See, it's just so it's quite it's quite childish. It's not it's my bag. It's not my bag. I want something more. Sophisticated. I wouldn't. I would not have gone funny to see enough. It. Full stop. Oh well, I don't know. I I think I am gonna not take your advice, and I will go and see it. Okay, do you only think... for twenty five quid, hun? Yeah, I, I'll try and get cheap tickets. Something that you might want to go for, Oscar, is um, Claire Machin. Mach- Machin, I'm not sure who. Yes, we does love she, who her. Does she, play? she was in. Oh, she's one of our favorite actresses that we we see popping up in things. She was in Flowers from Miss Harris at Chichester Theatre, mm. Pajama Game, Amore. She's really yeah, she's, she's really good, and she good plays actress. Mrs. Brill, who's the housekeeper. Okay, yeah, and she. She's great, but it's you know it's so it's. I mean, so I broad. yeah, but I want to see I want to see ZZ and I want to see Charlie Stemp. So I think I'm just going to go, but I think I'm going to just do the lottery. I'm not going to spend Absolutely. more than twenty five because I've been looking. If you look on the day of the performance, you can get tickets for about fifty five pounds reduced down from eighty or seventy. But I don't think I'll do that. I think I'll go twenty five because I don't mind spending twenty five. I think you're going to be really disappointed, darling. Yeah, I really wouldn't. Even have... with the Matthew Bourne choreography, no. Hmm. I just think he might as well, hun. Twenty five quid. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Also, even the bits. Be- what annoys me is when you're noticing the bits between songs that aren't working. The transitional okay. yeah. to get into the how we're getting into that. The the, the script, the, the dialogue is so basic. That's interesting. God, I was not expecting. I that. wasn't. I literally thought we, I was going to be like, "This is a feast for the eyes. It's magical. It's it's just not great." Interesting. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to have to go and see it just to give my tea penneth. So yeah, go and see it, Oscar. See what you think and come back to us. Yeah, I'm not going to spend more than 25 quid though because that's not been a glaring review. And I'm, I'm really surprised. I know. Yeah, that's a shame. Mads, what have you been to see, darling? So, I have been to see 
something that you guys raved about and also um, Ruby raved about as well. Girl from the North Country. Mm. So this seems... I feel like this is like a yo-yo show. I feel like it is here, then it goes. It comes out, then it goes, and it comes back. It, am I right in saying we this saw is the it, third time it's come back? Yeah, we saw it at the Old Vic. It transferred from there to the West End, which is where Ruby went to see it. Then it went over to Broadway, mm-hmm. and now it's come back into the Gilgood. So we're saying it has actually finished now, so oh, it was yeah. a kind of a run that it fin- had to finish on the 1st of February. I knew this was coming back to the Gilgood, and obviously Ruby, Alice and Oscar had already seen it, raved about it, and I got a ticket on Today Ticks just in the rush, so oh, that yeah. when you go on at 10am in the morning, and if you're lucky enough, you just keep pressing, and then you can get a ticket for a show that night, and it's 25 quid. And so I got a really good seat, you know, centre of the stalls. Wow. Um, in the Gilgood. And I love the Gilgood, actually. It's a real, that's one of my favourite theatres currently, I think. Anyway, so go to see it. Refresher of what it actually is. It's uh, it's the music of Bob Dylan. Um, Connor McPherson is the writer and he directs it as well. And it's a kind of a story through the music. Okay, my first issue with it is no it's not it's not a story through the music at all it's basically you've got one thing which is a play about a sort of very dysfunctional there's a the mum's very mentally ill we've got the dad and they run a guest house and how are they going to pay their mortgage and they've got a son and they don't really know and then they've got a daughter that they've adopted so we've got all that going on and then every so often someone just cranks out a Dylan track and I couldn't marry the two together whatsoever. It's literally the opposite of what oh, we really? thought. Yeah. yeah, we thought it worked. Per- we were like, the songs seamlessly worked, and not, it's so funny. They seamlessly not in terms of they tell the story like Mamma Mia, where you're like, this is extending the scene and explaining further the story. But we but thought the mood. That they, they seamlessly set the mood so that the scene creates the thing, and then the song, although not related necessarily to the plot or advancing it. I, we felt really set the mood and just kind of created this world that yeah. they were in. It kind of, I just thought it all really worked. How interesting. I just found it, com- it was completely distracting for me. See, I don't, I'm not a Dylan fan at all. Not as in I don't like him, but just don't listen to him. Yeah. Not part of my thing. Yeah. I just, and then I went to see this and I remember that song, Has Anybody Seen My Love? I think it's called. Oh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. I listen to that still now. Do you know what from though? The, from I've, the show, I listen to the We haven't of seen it. the production that Madeline saw, and she hasn't mm. seen the production we saw. I did read an Instagram a review of somebody who I believe saw both, and they did say that since it's come back for them, it feels more polished and more like a West End show oh, to, I its, mean, to its detriment. That's so what I would say. When you're saying that the character of the mother suddenly jumps into singing and those bits are jarring, maybe that's because those numbers are a bit too musically now. Whereas when we saw it, it was very much like an extension of maybe her Alzheimer's or those were her moments of lucidity when, you know, she expressed her feelings. It all felt really organic when we saw it at the Old Vic. And it's hard to know because we haven't seen the new production yeah. whether or not that organic feel has I mean, been lost. It absolutely did and feel. And it's become this, a bit too song and dance This felt slick as F. No, it was our one didn't. slick. Yeah. You've got you've got the woman on the drums, and now she's sort of up and she's doing this, and you you were kind of watching them all and how how they were all doing it, and it was a bit like right, you'll play the banjo at some point, and then you've got to pretend to be the kind of woman having the affair with that guy and and it did it none of it t- 
tied. None of it linked. And it all no, just... So when we it saw it, like... it all linked together and it felt organically... You know, the songs just felt like extensions of people. It didn't feel like, oh, she's suddenly not ill anymore. That was part of the illness almost. Or this was a moment where she had some clarity and could express herself. So I, w- I kind of wish I'd seen it again, just so I could know the difference. Maybe listen to the original uh, cast recording, which is on. No, hun, because I can't stomach is I can't stomach just to see Dylan what it enough. sounds like in your ear. Just if it, how different it might be. Okay, just I've listened to a, a wee bit, we but it's it. so interesting, yeah. isn't it? I just yeah, maybe you we loved it and you just didn't. Maybe it's changed. God, I guess so, we'll never know. To continue on the line of. Uh, uh, <gasps> Oh, you've been to see something else. I've been to you? something else, and I have to say, this was a top tip of mine in January. Very cool. Endgame, Daniel Radcliffe, Alan, Alan Cummings. Alan Cummings, Jane Horrocks. Jane Horrocks, gosh. Yeah. Okay, let me just say, Jane Horrocks is in this, and she literally has four lines. Oh, okay. Whoa. She Happy plays, so worth saying, it's two acts, and they seem to be two separate plays. Yes, and one, one's called Endgame, and the other's called something I never remember. Rough for Trade? Rough for Trade 2. Rough, Rough for, for Trade, trade two. 2. Honestly, Oscar, the whole thing is just so confusing. In the interval, I met a woman in the thing, and she said, oh, I wonder what happens in the second half. And I said, no, no, that's it. We've just seen Act 1 mm. of one play, and now we're going to go into a separate play. And she's like, oh, because I really didn't understand what just happened in the first one. It was Alan Cumming and Daniel Radcliffe come, and they seem to be looking at a man who's about to possibly commit suicide, and they... They seem to be discussing his fate and they sit across from each other on desks and there's a lamp and the lamp keeps on switching on and off and then they come back and one of them seems quite agitated. Oh, God. Nothing really happens. I've heard it compared to Waiting for Godot that's in that what sort I was of sense. Say. And you should say, obviously, it's written by Samuel Beckett, so if people are familiar with Samuel Beckett, that is, it does tend to be his style, slightly yeah. confusing. So, didn't understand that one, went into the, had the interval. It was 25 minutes long, that okay, first piece, fine. went to the interval. And then was thinking, okay, well, maybe the next one I'll is is the one that's got Jane Horrocks in it, yes. and uh, maybe I'll I'll be a bit more um, invested in the next one and understand it a little bit more. Went into the next one, Alan Cummings on stage in a wheelchair and a sort of sunglasses in a stark room, and Daniel Radcliffe comes in and he's he's got a bit of a limp and seems to sort of be struggling with he, you know they they're not normal people and you can tell that and he's sort of doing t- weird ticks. And he's sort of looking up at the window and saying what he can see. And his uh, Alan Cummings plays his father, and he's like, zero today, zero today." Is that oh kind God. of thing? And you're thinking, "I don't really, I don't really get this." And then these dustbins appear on stage under a a big, you know, cloth. And then his parents come out for a bit, and they they Jane Horrocks is one, and she literally has four lines with her her old husband, and they go back again. She's like, what a waste of Jane Horrocks. Jesus. Mm. It seems odd that they would cast her in it or that she would want to do it. But I guess to work with Alan and Daniel, but barely. Okay. The people that are enjoying this, I think, are the people that are in it. It's Samuel Beckett. It's worthy. It's abstract. They're they're probably getting levels out of it and they probably had a great fun. The rehearsal room was probably very interesting. yes. The people watching it flummoxed. I left feeling like it was it left me very cold i didn't question yeah. anything mm. and it really reminded me of something i saw at the national theater once with killian murphy cillian murphy killian murphy called ballyturk which was odd i mean and it was so similar it's a it's people trapped in these spaces and it's like are we in a post-apocalyptic world there are all these routines that happen and it's people that have lost their marbles a bit 
and you feel like they've been stuck in this room for years and that's what this was like but Killy Murphy brought something different and that mm. was weird at the time but I kind of loved the weirdness of it yeah. and I was like that was that was crazy yeah. and this did have such similar things like that like they have these routines that they do and not time to do that yet and they keep on bringing a ladder in and going up the steps and bringing mm. the ladder down like it was weirdness like that but this just it, it was it was a little bit of a miss for me and it was it wasn't interesting enough that I was like oh I thought about that when I got home so if you decide you would like to go and see Endgame at the Old Vic, it's on until March the 28th. Okay, but you wouldn't recommend. I was maybe going to go, but I don't nah, think I am now. Nah, nah. I no. wouldn't. Something worth saying, um, Madeline, do you remember when you went to the Old Vic last time, you were making me laugh because you were telling me about the, they were redoing the toilets. Oh, crikey. And they were giving you sweets. Exactly. Sweeties. You Sweeties as you cue to make you feel better and you're like, the what? Yeah. I can now report that the toilets have been done. <gasps> There is a gender-neutral toilet, which I love, and then there's the men and the women's, and there's like 14, I think, in the women's, so there's oh, plenty fantastic. of toilets. Good, I've, good, I've, good. Yeah, sorry, I totally forgot to mention, I've already used those new loos when I went to see Christmas Carol, and they are very nice. But the hot tap, Old Vic, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, is too hot. No, really, it's <laughs> one of those. Too is that all those bandages tap. in your hand, are <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so that I'm really surprised by Mary I was Mary just like, Poppins. oh god, okay, so we're not happy on what we've seen. I still can't get over that, because I was so excited to see Mary Poppins, still can't get over that, but I, I'm going to have to just give it a try to see what I think. I think not so. Not giving Endgame a go. No. Girl from the North Country it's is already finished. finished. now. Poet in the Corner, your top 100, tip. that's what oh. we'll see. I'm definitely, definitely going to see that. I can't wait that. to see it again. I, I can't. I, I, I can't can remember, remember how it ended, so I'm so excited about I can just remember, remember certain bits in yeah. it, like her amazing mother... And that and the costumes and that scene around the kitchen table and the DJ when they go to that nightclub yeah it's so cool yeah so I'm you really can either see that. that right now at the Royal Court or we'll probably go and see it at the Hackney Empire. Empire in our Hamilton episode which was two episodes ago remember we were talking about I was saying how they had filmed it and um, on the stage with the original cast on Broadway and that there was talks of when that film was going to be released anyway they've now announced just right after our podcast interestingly <gasps> were they listening. They are going to release it into cinemas, the filmed version of the original Broadway production. Oh my god! In I think like September or October 2021. So we've got a year and a half or something to wait. But I'm kind of really looking forward to seeing it, oh. just to see what it was like when Lynn was in it, to see all the original cast members. So it's going to be in cinemas in 2021. Let's go watch it and talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, yes. that'd be really just interesting to see how it was originally. And what's coming up next time, Oscar, on the podcast? We are all going to see Nora, A Doll's House, which is not to be confused with A Doll's House, which is it's the Ibsen play A Doll's House, which Jessica Chastain is going to be in at the Playhouse Theatre at the end of this year or... September time really really looking forward to that because yeah. I would love to see Jessica Chastain on stage I yeah, think she's great I'm... we're going to see Nora A Doll's House which is a kind of a take on Ibsen's A, a, a Doll's House um, and it's on at the Young Vic so that's all I know we've talked about it before I'm just really interested to see that mm-hmm. and we've got Prince of Egypt Prince of Egypt's coming up at the end of Feb um, I'm also going to go see the new play at the National, which is called The Death of England, Ooh. which is Rafe Spall. Ooh. Again, I know nothing about that, but I, I like Rafe Spall, so I'm going to be really interested to see that. And then the other play we're going to go see, or musical kind of thing, is at the um, Leicester Square Theatre, which is Music, with a K, which is the um, Pet Shop Boys kind of musical. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, Fantastic. I think we've, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. So until next time, this is Theatre Club Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening.
Ruby sent me this massive hamper of cheese for my birthday, and it was a cheese Oh, yes, we should. Sponsored by Ruby's Cheese this episode, which we're about to tuck into. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Can't wait. And another glass of champagne. Let's do it. Chin chin.